Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Crime Weekly News. I'm Derek Lavasser. And I'm Stephanie Harlow. And we're back here. Really big story that just popped in the true crime space. Uh, This is one that I think almost everyone uh, is familiar with as far as uh, when it occurred, the the mystery behind it. And I don't know about the recent news, but we're going to get into it right now. So on September 7th, 1996, 25-year-old rapper Tupac Shakur was fatally shot in a drive-by shooting that occurred when his car was stopped at a red light at East Flamingo Road and Colville Lane in Las Vegas, Nevada. For decades, this case has gone unsolved, but this week, the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department arrested a suspect in connection with the 1996 murder of Tupac Shakur. So before you get into it, Stephanie, because obviously there's a lot of details about this case, I think most people... Uh, are familiar with this investigation, not only because of how famous Tupac was before his death, but also there's been a lot of people throughout the years who's been who's come up as potential suspects. And there's been people who have said they pretty much knew who did this, but it was a matter of having enough to uh, file charges against them. And then you have to talk about Biggie Smalls as well. They thought maybe there was a connection to that because obviously for people who aren't familiar with it, Tupac and Biggie. East side, uh, had a beef. West side, East Coast, West yeah, Coast. Yeah, yeah, they were they were definitely both very super talented and they had this, you know, these these reputations to protect. And ultimately they were both kind of popping at the same time and things got said and raps were made. And just like we have even now today with some some rappers today, things escalate because some of these individuals are actually from the communities they're rapping about and they will and they will back up what they're saying. So with that all out of the way. Stephanie, where do we stand right now with this one for anybody who doesn't know? So listen, this is big for me. This is big for a lot of people because this has been one of those unsolved cases that have really stuck with people, you know. Um, And it was a shock when this happened. I know I live in New York, but for me, Tupac blows Biggie out of the water all day, every day. Lyrics, everything. He was amazing. It was uh, very, 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 very sad. I'm still sad about it. I'm still sad about it. And it's such a waste when you because because we're going to hear in in what this video we're talking about now, what the police think happened. And they think that this happened. And when we when they say they think they happened or it's spe- they're speculating that this is what happened. This is probably what happened because they have enough information at this point to have made an arrest. And so they, they definitely know what happened. And it just seems like such a waste. So stupid. So stupid. It's such a waste of talent for nothing. So. The suspect that was arrested is 60-year-old Dwayne Keith D. Davis, and you will know him if you're familiar with this case because he talks about it all the time. <laughs> he wrote a book about it. He was in the Netflix series in 2019 talking about how he was in the car that um, that the bullets were shot from, the bullets that killed Tupac. He's been saying this since the 90s. He's publicly described himself as one of the two living eyewitnesses to Tupac's murder 
And like I said, he claimed he was in the passenger seat of the car that these bullets were fired from. Now, law enforcement sources with knowledge of the arrest told the Associated Press that Davis was charged with one count of murder with a gang enhancement. And Chief Deputy District Attorney Mark D. Giacomo has announced that Davis was the, quote, on-ground, on-site commander who ordered the death of Tupac Shakur. Now, reportedly, the shooting stemmed from a conflict between two Compton gangs. So you have Tupac and Suge Knight. If anybody doesn't know Suge Knight, he was the the basically he ran Death Row Records, which Tupac was signed to. And um, Tupac and and Suge were affiliated with the Mob Peru gang. And uh, Davis, Dwayne Keith D. Davis, he was affiliated with the Southside Compton Crips. Now, the day of the shooting, Tupac was at a boxing match at the MGM Grand. Davis and his nephew, Orlando Anderson, who's been a longtime suspect, by the way, they were also at this boxing match. After the match, Orlando Anderson was attacked near the hotel elevators. They have this on surveillance. And he was attacked by members of Suge Knight's label, Death Row Records. You can see both Tupac and Suge Knight taking part in this attack on Orlando Anderson. After the fight, Tupac and Suge Knight, they get in the in the black BMW. They're headed to a nightclub for an after party. And then Davis and his nephew and a couple other guys get in their car. And basically um, what happens is, according to Jason Johansson, who's a police homicide lieutenant, He says Davis learned that his nephew Orlando was attacked, so he started to devise a plan for revenge. He got a gun from an associate, and then they all got into this white Cadillac. Um, It was Davis, his nephew Orlando Anderson, and two other men, Terrence Brown and DeAndre Smith. He handed the gun to the passengers in the back seat, which were Anderson and Smith. The group then tracked down the black BMW that Shakur and Suge Knight were driving in. They drove alongside of it. They fired from the Cadillac into the BMW, hitting Tupac four times and killing one of the greatest people that rap has ever known. Now, the indictment against Davis does not say who pulled the trigger. If I had to guess, I would. And I would say it was probably Orlando Anderson who was attacked by Suge Knight and Tupac by the elevators who was in the backseat. But that's just my speculation. Now, earlier this summer, the police reopened the investigation And on July 17th, they executed a search warrant at a home connected to Davis in Henderson, Nevada. They collected from his house uh, an iPhone, a desktop computer, four laptops, a handful of tablets, many of which had shattered screens. There was also a copy of the book Compton Street Legend. Now, this was a book that Davis had written about the murder of Tupac. Well, it's actually supposed to be like a memoir, but he talks about Tupac in it. And he claims in this book that he was in the car that the gun was fired from. They also recovered an issue of Vibe magazine featuring Tupac. They got two black tubs full of photos and what law enforcement has alleged to be purported marijuana. What the, what does that mean? Does that mean they think it's marijuana? Yeah, I mean, I guess they. I, I would assume marijuana is pretty easy to test. Right. So <laughs> I don't know why they're saying it that way. Maybe it's a Super matter. Strange. I don't know what source you got it from. Maybe they wouldn't, the Associated weren't able Press. to. Con- yeah. So maybe they weren't able to confirm because yeah. nobody was was charged with it that it was marijuana. But according to police reports, they believed it was marijuana. But because there was maybe no they positive just, t- test for THC yeah. in there, they're just being Careful. politically correct. They're making sure they don't get themselves in trouble. Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! 
with fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19. All new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Now, I don't know how much you know about this case, Derek. Yeah, I mean, well, you got to tell him what you said to me before we started this. Like, so I like, thought you had like been involved in this case. Yeah, you're like, you know, you work this case. And I, was I was like, like no, so I excited. Didn't. I was like, are you excited to talk about Tupac tonight? Because I am because I know a lot yeah. about this case, you know. And I was like, no. And you were like, I know nothing. Like, you didn't do a show on it? I was like, I thought no. you did something on it. I'm so sorry. But regardless, you should. Um, <laughs> I don't need to now. I really like, listen, I know it's probably stupid, but. When two, when the paramedics and stuff and the police got to the scene, Tupac was still alive, right? And they kept asking him, who did this to you? Who did this to you? And he, you know, his response, he kept saying, fuck you. Fuck you. He's not going to tell, dude. It doesn't matter no. if it's a rival gang. That's the street code. He's not going to say who did it. And Las Vegas Police Department Detective Dan Long, he's always believed that both Tupac and Suge Knight, who was in the vehicle with him, knew the identity of the shooter. He said, quote, the cars were two or three feet apart when the shooting occurred. Tupac was the passenger and he would have been right up against him in an extremely well lit part of town. End quote. Anybody who's been to Vegas knows that it's never freaking dark there. Man, it's like lit up like a Christmas tree 24-7. There's billboards on the side of buildings. It's awful. So when questioned by the police, though, right, Suge Knight refused to speak as well. And I know that dude knew who did it. And I know Tupac knew who did it. And Suge Knight is currently serving a prison term for unrelated charges, but whatever. That That's neither here nor there. That dude definitely knew who killed Tupac this whole time, allegedly. I think a lot of people knew yeah. within that within that those group, that group of people. I think a lot of people knew. I, I wonder, though, when, you, when it comes to Tupac, now, I know Orlando was the one that was assaulted by Tupac and Suge before this all went mm-hmm, down. Mm-hmm. I wonder how well they knew him. Did they know him because of his association or did they actually personally know him where if Tupac saw him again, he'd be able to identify him? The same if he thing saw him with, again, he'd be able to identify him. Yes. Yeah. And then and they then, knew each other. How do you know they knew each other? Like, were they like, is that like your assumption or like, is there something that they've said? Like, they, those guys or, Orlando before? Anderson's been a longtime suspect. And because of this rival gang thing. Because they're both gangs in the Compton area. Yeah, they yeah. knew each other. Well, see, so that's where I'll push back a little bit because when we were doing a lot of gang work, we had rival gangs like street gangs and stuff. And they may know of them. They may even know their street name. But when, you, when you've just been shot. Now, I, I agree with you as far as like Tupac probably was going to say F you even if he knew the guy's name and date of birth. But it could also have been a situation where he's like he's seeing people in uniform. He's not about that. And he doesn't know this person by name, especially if it was Dwayne. And not Orlando. Again, the question becomes: If he looked in the eyes of Dwayne before he shot him, Keith D, did he did he know? Oh, that's Keith D, who's about to shoot me, or did he just know him from association of that group? Well, Keith so D I, I is wondered. not the guy who was in the back seat. It was another dude. It was another guy in the back yeah. seat, but the person who who was arrested for the shooting was Keith D. Correct? Because he's the only one left alive, dude. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, oh, so you're, he, so you're and because I, he you were saying that earlier, it. I didn't know if you were just like qualifying. You you think they got the wrong guy? 
No, he he I don't believe that Keith D shot him. I believe that he planned and orchestrated it. As the police said, he handed the gun to the two guys in the backseat. One of those two guys happened to be Orlando Anderson, the dude, yeah. his nephew, the dude that Tupac and Suge Knight just beat up by the elevators. Right. OK, so and you know about gangs knowing them as you do. Is Orlando going to let some random dude? No, he probably would. He probably would retaliate. And it's that's what I'm saying. It's one of those things where let's say the windows in the front are down. They're not usually going to roll down the window all the way. It would just be like, a you know, a crack where they mm-hmm. p- punch their arm out the window so that they, they're not completely seen. Or maybe he wanted to be seen. But e- either way, I would love to be in the brain of, of Tupac and, and, and Suge Knight and know that they know they, they one million percent knew who those people were representing, like who they were associated with, without a doubt, especially because they had just gotten an altercation minutes prior to that. They're not idiots. They knew exactly who was in that car. And I'm sure within a matter of days, if they didn't already know, they had the names and addresses of these individuals. Um, And there might even be some other murders that took place after this that are connected to this somehow that maybe law enforcement hasn't said publicly or that they just didn't connect the dots to. But I feel like there's been some retaliation in this case already, and the, yes. it was probably yes. it was pro- it was probably viewed by the individuals involved as it was handled on the streets. The street they took care of it on their own. Well, and- so that's the thing. Anderson, uh, Orlando Anderson, was basically like a legend on the streets after this for for allegedly killing Tupac, right? Yeah. And if you haven't seen the the documentary on Netflix, the Tupac, it, it came out in 2019. You, if you have some time, watch it. It's it's really riveting. Like I think you would enjoy it. But uh, yeah, it's like everyone freaking knew, right? And here's the thing: Davis was actually um, indicted by a grand jury in this case on charges of murder with the use of a deadly weapon. Like I said, he's the only suspect still alive. He's one of two eyewitnesses. Suge Knight's the other one. Suge Knight was in the car with Tupac. He's in prison. He's not talking. Davis wouldn't shut up about it. <laughs> okay. He he apparently he is responsible for being on law enforcement's radar. And a former um uh, Las Vegas detective claimed Davis talked himself right into jail. So in 1998, he gave an interview to BET where he claimed to have been in the front seat of the vehicle that the shots were fired from. And obviously, the interviewer's like, well, who pulled the trigger? And he was like, it just came from the back seat, bro. I have no idea. So he's being a little cautious here, right? Even putting yourself in the freaking car, you dumbass. You shouldn't be doing that. Why are you drawing attention to yourself? In 2009, Davis confessed to the police that he had a role in the shooting, but his statement could not be used as evidence because he it was made under uh, what's called a proffer agreement. And this means a suspect agrees to provide potentially useful information to an investigation, but the statements made generally can't be used as evidence against that suspect. So they couldn't do anything about it. Then he was in that Netflix documentary about Tupac's murder that I was just talking about. Where he's in there saying the same stuff, like running his mouth. Oh, I was in the car. I was in the car. Then in 2019, he released his memoir, the book we were just talking about. And he says the same stuff. So this uh, cop, Greg Kading, he was a former police detective who was part of the original investigation. He said, quote, he began to go out publicly boasting about his involvement in the murder. And that led law enforcement in Las Vegas, taking another look at his claims. And ultimately, he talked himself right into jail. And, And thank God for that. And I honestly think... Because since this happened in 96, it's been pretty well known as far as I as far as I've heard. Obviously, I'm not on the streets of Compton. I'm not hanging out with the gangs. I don't know what they're actually saying. But from what I hear, they all knew that Orlando Anderson 
And his his uncle Davis had, had set this up and had done this. And it was kind of like, yeah, they, they didn't really consider it a bad thing, I guess, because he was attacked and then this was retaliation. I don't know how shooting somebody four times is retaliation for getting beat up, but there you have it. And uh, it's just sad. It's sad. It pisses me off because I love Tupac, man. I miss him. Yeah, no, I'm with you. My takeaway from it is I feel like obviously it's getting a lot of headline news, which is why we're covering it. But as you said multiple times, I feel like anybody who had any connection to this or even just the hip hop community in general, they all they all kind of know knew this already, even though there was no charge, even though there was no conviction. It's been publicly said by not only the offender, but also by associates of both Tupac and other other members of other organizations who've come out and said, yeah, we it's not a matter. We know who did it. You know, they just they, they don't have enough to charge anybody. But I, I feel like I said earlier was true where there has been some street justice done over the years in retaliation for Tupac's death. And then then there were also retaliation murders for Biggie's death as well. And it was it got really bloody and really dangerous for a while, which is part of the reason not to go too far off the path here. But you see interviews from like Snoop Dogg and stuff like that, where that's kind of where he kind of went out on his own and did his own thing. And even Ice Cube, because Death Row was becoming it was this this organization, this this entity where they were becoming very famous and it started to become real where being associated with Suge Knight could get you killed. And that's why Suge's in prison right now for, I think he ran somebody over. I don't know if it's for something else, but he ran someone over and tried to kill him. Yeah. That was a big thing a few years ago. Well, so, do you remember when this first happened? I don't know if you do, but there were people were saying like Suge Knight had Tupac killed, like had set yeah, that up. Was, that, was a, yep. that was so stupid. Like he had just signed him. You Didn't know, even like, like P. Diddy get, like Diddy was involved. So like he had oh, his yeah, name yeah, got yeah, thrown yeah, around. His name got thrown around, and as that's if, what happens, right? As if right? Sean Combs had the balls to be involved in anybody getting shot. Yeah, he, he, so I mean, <laughs> so it's one of those things where a lot of speculation, but as the years progressed, there were it wasn't even really a mystery anymore. A lot of people knew, like based on what was already put out there and based on what had gotten around on the streets, that these guys were more than likely responsible for it, and you know, it was what it was. So I'm glad that there's some... I guess some, what would you call it? Some affirmation finally of like, hey, now law enforcement is finally validating what people have said over many years. But I don't think to the people that this case mattered to, this means much. No. You know, like they're like, hey, welcome to the, welcome to the party. Yeah. We've but been I mean, also for... still he's gone. So. Exactly. He's gone. What does it really change? Right. So it's one of those things where I'm glad to see that law enforcement stayed on it and we're still, we're still working it, even though this was an older case. Um, and I do think it's important to, well, I mean, this Davis dude was like, come get me, come get me for a yeah, year, exactly. for decades, man. And then finally they're like, okay, we yep. will. But you know, what's funny. Uh, I mean, it's not funny. It's also sad. You know, that's all sad. Orlando Anderson, the nephew, right. Who really triggered all this. How do you think he died? That he got murdered. Gang violence. He was yeah, shot. No, that, that's what I'm saying. I was yeah. trying to indirectly, like it was handled. I feel like I don't, amongst... they, the police say it was not related. To yeah, Tupac's I mean, murder. It was a completely different gang, but regardless, possible, yeah, possible. But I feel like even if it, let's say for the sake of this conversation, it actually wasn't related. Mm -hmm. Even then, let's say let's say Suge was calling the shot, saying, "Hey, we got we got money on his head." Once he gets killed by another gang, Wait, it's like, "Well, Shug. he's dead." Not Suge. Suge Knight, the producer. Suge Knight could have put the. I mean, if Suge wasn't involved, oh, you think Suge would do that? 
Mm. Suge Knight would absolutely uh, allegedly have someone killed for crossing him or killing his uh, his confidant, his friend, a friend of his. Yeah, because it was only two years later, man. (laughs) Yeah, I if I'm taking a shot at this, I think there's probably a connection. But even if there wasn't, I feel like if there was a if there was a bounty on his head already. Well, guess what? It's null and void now. He's dead. So I feel like at that point, if they knew he was involved or indirectly involved, once he's dead, he's dead. You can't bring him back. Now it's an eye for an eye in, in the eyes of these people involved. So how did Dwayne so, Davis make it this long without getting taken out, being the one who orchestrated it, basically, and who wouldn't stop running his mouth about it? Well, I mean, I think I think I'm going to be really interested to see how they're going to prove that, because if he didn't pull the trigger, I mean, I think Orlando had enough of an incentive to shoot Tupac without anybody instructing him to do it. He just got his ass kicked. And so he's he going to go to the police. I, yeah, so I mean, what now he's confessing, but I think people were really, at the time, concerned with the gunman, concerned with the guy who shot Tupac. And I feel like once Orlando was killed, that was the end of it. You know, and maybe now he's confessing like, hey, not only did Orlando no, kill him, I, I but think I was the one who orchestrated this. Back when they said he had that deal where they couldn't use anything against him, you know what I mean? In, 20, yep. in 2009, dude, he confessed to the police that he had a role in the shooting. But because of that proffer agreement, they couldn't do shit about it. They couldn't charge it. him then. Which is crazy to me that they've they basically known since 2009. He put it all out there at that point, I believe, yep. which is probably why they know what happened now. Probably. Probably. And it's like, like I say, it, I'm glad we have some answers, especially is Tupac's mother. I know in the Netflix documentary. Tupac's mother is alive. Yes. Yeah. She was alive. And I, I remember seeing some clips from that, how emotional she was wanting to know. And obviously She's losing always her son. known it was Orlando Anderson, according to her. Yeah. So I, I still don't, I don't know. I wonder how it would work with that whole proffer agreement. I mean, we could go on this for days, but I know that he's in that situation. Basically, the offender is given, it's like a contract basically where the defendant or the person who's involved in the actual investigation agrees to provide prosecutors with with information that's going to lead to an arrest. It's got to be like really important, imperative information to hope, you know, close a, co- a crime. Yeah. So I, if that was the case, how could they charge him now? Like that agreement, I would assume, would be infinite. But I guess maybe there was a time limit on it or maybe he didn't live up to what he had promised in the initial contract. Well, they, I don't know. I they, don't know how- the police kind of said this multiple times. He spoke publicly about it, they said. Maybe he maybe made an agreement that he he shouldn't be talking about this. And when he started running his mouth, like I said, in the Netflix documentary, and then he came out with this freaking memoir where he says the same thing the next year, the police were like, OK, now you didn't keep your end of the agreement. You were not supposed yeah. to be talking about this. And I will say, take it for what it's worth, just search it quick on Google. It does say here, uh, it is it is the proffer agreement is not a promise of absolute immunity or a plea agreement, but an agreement between the defendant and the government for a certain level of, quote, use immunity. A proffer agreement is often a door to making someone a cooperating defendant who may be eligible for a favorable, less severe sentencing recommendation. So maybe whatever the agreement was, whoever the fish was that he was going to get, was catch it? them. It wouldn't have been I mean, related to the Tupac investigation then because Orlando was already dead. Well, that's my point. If if they were like, hey, we want to know who shot Tupac. And he's like, sure. And they, they do this proffer agreement. And then he says it was Orlando. And they're like, well, he's already dead. That ain't going to lead to a successful prosecution. That deal's null and void. So then why didn't going, they do anything f- freaking since no 20, 2009? Your guess, your guess is as good as mine on that one. It's I'd like to know. Um, who knows what happened behind those? And I know a lot. Of, you got a lot of cooks in the kitchen on that case. You know, a lot of people, yeah. both inside and outside, um, trying to 
be part of it, right? Yeah. You have Netflix, you have all these different PIs and all these former law enforcement agencies, FBI agents, everyone's yeah. everyone's taking a shot at it. You thought I <laughs> I had a show I on did. it. I did. I did. I think I thought you did something on it or gave an interview no. about it or something. A lot of recommend, a lot of asks to do it, but like I it was, was so excited, that- I sent you the script and I waited, and I was like, "Oh, he's gonna see it and be so excited to talk about this." And then I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> no, we 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 got it done. Yeah. So overall, we're ha- should- happy for Tupac's family. Yeah. That you know, if they if this was something that they wanted, you know, I don't want to. I hate to use the word closure, closure but they right. wanted they wanted validation yeah. that their beliefs over all these years. Uh, are now confirmed by law enforcement yeah. investigators who have been in the case for years, who have in- access to information that the public does not have access to. And, you know, to charge someone after all these years, it really has to, it should be a pretty strong case because it's going to be hard to charge someone and get a conviction after all these years when some of the things that you've laid out has happened, right? Like why, the question is why now? And we're going to find out. And I'm assuming it's because of the how high profile this case is, Law enforcement clearly feels they have enough to get a conviction because if they don't, it's going to be pretty embarrassing for them. Well, I almost wonder, too, if Tupac's family was like, yo, this dude's freaking talking about this every chance he can get, basically confessing on Netflix in his book. And you guys are doing nothing you know, yeah, like so, you said, he's been doing that for a while. What? What? Why now? Why 2023? He was pretty like covert about it. When he talked to BET, he was like, oh, I don't know who pulled the trigger. Like, I didn't see, you know, but then he starts talking a lot more in 2018, 2019. So that kind of adds up. I don't know. It's very sad. The whole gang thing is very sad because you have a lot of young men, young men in their 20s just killing each other for stupid things like pride, ego, money, drugs, all these young lives being cut short for absolutely no reason. You know, Um, I even feel bad for Orlando Anderson even though I love Tupac, because it's like he was pulled up into this thing, this thing that was much larger than either of them. And they felt they had to behave in a certain way to keep respect and clout and all that. And what did it what did it get them killed? It got them killed. And it's sad. Yeah. You have individuals who are looking for a sense of family, looking for a father figure, a brother or something like that. And they and these groups, they capitalize on that. You become part of something which is maybe something that they're not experiencing at home. So it can get them involved in some things that they shouldn't be. And then to gain the respect of the people that they look up to, they will do things that they shouldn't be doing. And then they lose their way and then they're doing it on their own. So a lot of, lot of variables that come into that. I've worked with a lot of uh, former and current gang members. And I will tell you, I obviously don't approve of most of the things they do, but they're not all you like you would think they're yeah. not all bad people yeah. and I've, I've told you this before where some of them end up turning into informants not necessarily on their own but on rival gangs you know to help benefit themselves and i'm aware of that but most uh, of these guys them, get in there so young man no they're not yeah. bad people they they, they yeah. didn't know any other way like it's just so, so yeah. sad now i will say just to play the other side of the coin there there's guys that are just some assholes sure that just like you look at their family structure and you look at their home life and it's perfect. Like they, there's no reason, but they just want that. They look that at clout. it as a, yeah, it's, I don't even know how to explain it, but they're, they're, they're a lot of the cases. They're, they're posers, those guys, but like Aaron um, Hernandez, I don't know if he was a poser, <laughs> honestly, I don't know why he was doing it, but from what we, I don't know. Uncovered I, think he started, learned, I think he started out. As yeah. A and I think, I think he was pretty legitimate. To be honest with you, I think he was pretty legitimate. I think he he I think he bought into that lifestyle more than the NFL lifestyle. So I think he I think he was pretending to be an NFL player. 
professional player. I Although he's it. very good, I think. So much talent, that lifestyle. though, right? Another Aaron Hernandez, Tupac. So much talent. Yeah. You affiliated with the Stupidity. wrong people. Even when you had money, you were on your way up. You can you continue to hold on to this old part of your life, and yeah, they do Here it out are. of loyalty. They do it out of having roots. They do it out of keeping their you know credentials in the street, and it's just it's sad, man. Tupac, I agree. oh, it's so sad. Thinking about Tupac's family and friends, uh, hope this gives them something that maybe they were missing before. Maybe that final piece to close this chapter and, and move on with their lives, knowing that this person is now being publicly held accountable mm-hmm. by agencies that can actually do something about it and maybe get this guy off the street so he's not bragging about it in documentaries anymore. I think that I think that would be a benefit to the family. I'm sure that bothered them every time they had to see or hear that. Disrespect so, on another yeah. level, man. We'll see how it plays out. Any final I mean, words? He was indicted by a grand jury, so I think a trial, if, if a trial comes and he doesn't get a plea agreement, I think we, we should be okay. The grand jury is usually like, yeah, we think you have enough evidence to go to trial. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So the fact that they got that, they got the the, the indictment, it, it does bode well, but now you're going to have a defense attorney come in and they're going to pull up everything they have over the yeah, years. So right. we will see how it goes. Any final words from you? Got to keep your head up. I can't believe you just did that for anyone on video. I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm so happy for everyone who's only on audio right now and didn't witness the <laughs> no one's on audio. It's Crime Weekley news. How dumb Stephanie do you just feel? Made. I mean, we do one episode on a rapper. That and wasn't suddenly, a gang gang. I don't know what it was. I don't know what it was, but suddenly Stephanie's a part of the Crips. I don't know what just happened here, but I'm gonna go now because I'm embarrassed. We're only on video. It's Crime Weekly news. No, Crime Weekly news is actually been on audio for the last three weeks. Are so, you for real? Yeah. Welcome to everybody. Crime Weekly news has been Welcome on audio to for Stephanie. the last three weeks. Yep. Oh my God. I know. It's been a long week. We appreciate you being here. Make sure you stay tuned the rest of this week. We have our second part of the Taylor Shabusiness uh, series coming up. Is this the, this is the final part? Yes, it is. Um, and we have a great interview with Dr. Chris Mohandi, as we said we Amazing. would. Amazing. Uh, we actually, as we're recording this, we just did the interview, <sighs> so we already. It, it was it was really insightful. I think you guys are going to get a lot out. I of didn't want to let him it. leave. I had so many more questions. Yeah, we were going for a while. That's why mm-hmm. we're running late tonight. But it was worth it. That's a good one. Worth it. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be a great episode. And as I just said, we are now on audio and video for both Crime Weekly News. Hey guys, did you know and- we're on audio and video for Crime Weekly News and Crime Weekly? Yeah. Special. How about that, Stephanie, huh? I think it's awesome. You're doing a great job promoting this stuff. Thank you. <laughs> great job. Uh, I think you forgot so, to tell me, but that's okay. I would think you'd be subscribed and, you know, when the notifications pop up for your own podcast. I am, be... but I am subscribed to so many podcasts, I can't have them automatically downloading. Do you know that that happens? They automatically download to your phone, dude? Do you think there's any justifiable excuse for you not knowing what episodes are coming out for your own podcast when you on only audio? have one podcast? On audio? Yeah. Yes. I don't. I don't I'm not. No, there's no. There's no justification. You know what? This. I respect that. I respect <laughs> the hell out of you for that one. Guys, appreciate you being here. Everyone stay safe out there. We will see you later this week. Bye. Bye.